Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, Prague HF shares her road from studying law and business in Prague to starting out in a commercial banking rotational program in Germany. We learn about why, when she transferred to London, that she decided to stay even though it meant switching banks and how she approached her big jump to a buy-side credit fund in the past year. Also, just a quick apology to the listeners. I know it's been a few weeks since I released an episode. She's been crazy busy with the launch of the new WSO financial modeling courses, so that's kind of backed us up, but we plan to keep rolling these out. The goal is, again, still going twice a week, every Sunday and Thursday. If we can't hit that, we'll definitely be releasing at least once a week going forward, so stay tuned. Hi, Prague HF. Thanks so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Thank you very much, Patrick. Great to and great to be here. So, to get started, it'd be great to just get a little short summary bio for everybody. Sure. Um, so, my, my sort of background is legal background. Actually, I studied law, and then uh, pretty much by chance, I got into banking and went into graduate program in one of the commercial banks, and uh, from there jumped sort of from one country to another and uh, ended up in leverage finance, which I did for sort of six years. And from that, uh, I joined then a hedge, credit hedge fund a year ago. Very cool. Fun times. Okay, so. In terms of looking all the way back to undergrad, to university, you went to school in Prague, correct? Yes, yes. And when, you're, when you were back doing that degree, um, were you thinking, I'm going to be in finance? Or you were thinking then maybe law? Was law kind of on the horizon for sure? Or is it something you kind of fell into? No, it was pretty much law, actually. Because um, I, studied, I studied law and business, so it was more like, but it was targeting, you know, being a business lawyer. Then from Prague, I went to Germany and, and did. But why, sort of, why were you thinking business law? What interested you in that? Um, so I've, to be honest, it was my friends. Uh, a lot of them studied law. And so we were sort of a group of, uh, uh, of guys who were quite interested in like, it's more about uh, like arguments and presentation because mm -hmm. I as well did like debating where you sort of present arguments. And so I like that aspect of it. Yep. Um, and so that's why law was, you know, until pretty much before I started to search for a job, it was, it was the way to go. I as well did all my internship in, in law firms. So um, It looks like you kind of overlapped. There's a degree also with law and business at a different university. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, it's, I sort of studied way too much. Uh, <laughs> you did a lot. Yeah, you yeah, did a lot. 
Yeah, but that's that's the difference between continental Europe and sort of the Anglo-American system, where mm-hmm. um, in in sort of if you are in Germany, Czech Republic, or any France, you sort of you need to have um, a master degree. Yeah. And plus, you don't pay for the studies, right? So, uh, what many people do in order to differentiate themselves, they study to universities at the Makes same sense. time. Makes sense. So that's why I did. I started actually studying international relations, then figured out I want to do law, did law and business, and then. From Prague, I wanted to go to abroad, and so went to Germany and studied law and finance there, where I got a little bit of a glimpse to finance, and that's why at the end I ended up in finance because I didn't want to go back to Czech Republic. So tell me about that decision, where you where you are at, what about finance? That glimpse of finance made you think, hey, I want to do this, or is it just because of job mm-hmm. prospects, you being able to stay in in Germany? Yeah, it was actually more of the latter. Yeah. That's, that's honest. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> um, You're saying, where, hey, I can actually get a job and stay in Germany. I don't have to go back to Prague. Exactly. If you but want to wh- be a lawyer, you need to be in your country. Uh, it's really difficult in continental Europe where each country has different jurisdiction. And uh, you, you, know, you need to be a qualified lawyer. I study in that country for five, six years in order to practice law. So that was not really an option. I already studied for six years, so <laughs> definitely didn't want to repeat that. Um, so but it was you, like had it enough, was... you had enough finance where you could actually get a job, or right? tell me about how yeah, that's... Yeah, that's, that's the fun part, right? I, I would say, in back, uh, you know, hindsight, no, I didn't. <laughs> but um, because, I mean, back then, I couldn't really even read balance sheet income statement. Like, I had no real idea about these things. But um, I went to an interview, you know, first interview in banking, I was for a commercial bank for their graduate program. And to my, you know, I was lucky because the whole day it was one, you know, super Saturday. Mm-hmm. But it was all about soft skills, pretty much. Presentation, you read something, you present something, but it wasn't really much finance there. So even when I came to the last interview, when it was about the job itself, they were more like telling me what I would be doing. They were not really asking me any technical questions or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So after the day I got an offer, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's easy, right? <laughs> so I thought, let's, you know, let's try other interviews at investment banks. And then I realized how different that is. <laughs> mm. So tell me about what was so different. So this was a commercial bank, basically trying to bring yeah. you in. This was in, in, the, uh, in, in Munich, I assume, or in yes. a large city. And so you were, you, were, you were interviewing for this position. It was very much like fit, almost like you had the job already. Why do you th- was it because they just was like, was it low salary? Kind of? No, kind of no, it was a good job. But I, I, yeah. I just wanted to see what are the other options. And, so how uh, did you get those investment banking internships? Is this before you graduated, right? No, it was not great. So it was all the position for the analyst program. So I never yep. did an internship in banking, which okay. obviously is a problem in particular if you're in Germany or, or, or England, right? Yeah. Because many of these jobs, analyst jobs are actually recruited from the interns. Yeah, what a, do you know but, what the what the percentage of like the of the analyst class are filled by the interns in in London or Germany? Approximately. Don't know to be honest. Okay. Yeah, yeah in the US it's know. like 80 plus percent usually. And yeah, this, I think in, it will be very similar. This year it's almost like 100% because I could, yeah. Yeah, cuz it's uh they're not hiring as much I think given everything that's going on. Um, yeah, I remember I in so one of the investment banks I got to the last round where we were four people. Mm-hmm. And three of them were interns, and I was the only one who was not intern. And they chose still the two people chose they they were interns. Yeah. And they said that the reason why was they knew the two people, like they they said we we really liked you, but mm-hmm. at the end we just were more comfortable hiring someone who we knew, which is fair enough. Yep. I guess. But how uh, the world works. So tell me how you you even got that interview that that banking interview, and did they ask you technicals even though? 
Um, you didn't yes. So at the investment bank, so I, so I had quite a few. And so at the beginning, I was clueless, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One I got through, uh, it was, it was, I think it was actually during my internship, which I still did in a, in a law firm. And yeah. I sort of then mentioned that I'm looking for going to banking. And so the the partner, he used to work for one of the investment banks. So he arranged me an interview there. That was my first one at investment bank. Oh, and that went really bad <laughs> because that was the first time when I realized, okay, how much I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, but basic questions like just walk me through the LBO model, right? Mm-hmm. Or what LBO is. And you sit there and like, oh, okay. But the good thing is like you do one or two and realize, okay, this is what I need to learn. So mm-hmm. I sort of subscribed to these lovely, you know, preparation courses online and started to really go through the basics to, to you know, being able to model an LBO and then sort of learned it all on myself. And so when I got then one of the sort of to the Super Saturday and one of the investment banks, then I could pretty much answer any technical questions, like you, you ask me. I'm surprised you're asking you lots of LBO questions. It sounds like more private equity interviews, but okay. Maybe yeah, no, this one was this one was sort of M and A leverage fund. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So you're you're you end up um, starting at a at a bank in Germany, though, correct? Or yes, me? yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. So tell me about that, and then how you transitioned to London. Yeah, so uh, I joined them in the, for a graduate program, so which mm-hmm. was good that you sort of you had your target position, but you were sort of rotating in different departments. Mm-hmm. And I must say, when I joined, as I told you, I did not really know what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I sort of joined it was like trade finance, but I realized relatively quickly that that's not what I would like to do or what excites me. Mm-hmm. So what is trade you... finance? Can you define that? Like, what were you doing day to day? Yeah, like it's settling like... trades and stuff. Yeah, it's like supply chain finance. So you are helping companies uh, finance their working capital needs. Oh, okay. Um, got it. So, okay, so you're doing like loans on like AR and... Yeah, um, sort of more. Yeah, the, the AR, yeah, account receivables and stuff. So you're financing that and there's like reverse factoring and funny got stuff, it. but it's not investment banking. Exactly. It's not investment banking. Okay, it's finance, yeah. but it's not investment banking. It so is, exactly. <laughs> you, you knew that going in though, correct? You just kind of- Well, took- I knew that, but I obviously back then I didn't know what it means. So <laughs> it was more like, oh, they are looking someone with a legal background. So, you know. Yep. And so how was the pay? How was the bank coming out of school there? You now had your master's in law and in finance, right? Uh, the pay. Yeah, how well, was it was, pay, you know, remember around what that was? Yeah, back then it was 50K. Uh, 50 euros? Yes. Yep, and then um, it's not bad, actually. Um, it's pretty good. Um, so, you know, coming right out of school. So then you, I mean, you have a master's though. So <laughs> it's not, for a master's, it's, it's a little low, but for, for a job right out of school, um, you're kind of your first real job, it's not bad. So you're there for a little over a year. Um, yeah, and, and so I managed to sort of, uh, rotate to other team, which mm-hmm. was rating the advisory. And, you know, for some good reason, I, I sort of there, I learned all the balance sheet and comes to what you do actually, and, and managed to persuade and they keep me there. So I managed to get to the investment banking part of, of the business. And then they sent me to London to, to the leverage finance. High yield. Oh, so that company sent you? To- yes. Okay. Yes. So that got you into the London market. Which exactly. Is, That's why in hindsight nice. they shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't have done that. They're going to lose you. <laughs> uh, yes, because I. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that, that's now you're now you have kind of the world is your oyster in London, right? With such a big hub. Okay. Yeah, there you realize how big difference it is. Okay. Uh, so tell me how you started interviewing, how you started networking, or what you did to kind of get start doing other interviews. Did you know you wanted to j- jump 
to another firm? Were you always looking for like more of the front office? No, so, so I wanted to stay in London. Uh, so after, you know, two months here, so I realized, okay, this is like, I'd like to stay here. I, I don't really want yeah. to go back. Uh, so obviously you first, you start see what's the possibilities internally, but then you say, okay, well, if does, that doesn't work, then, you know, what is, why did you like London so much? Over Munich. Ah, it's just, ah, frankly, if you, you know, at the beginning of the career, you just, at least for me, it was the, the work was much more interesting. Hmm. It was longer hours, but like you, you really do more interesting deals. Uh, the people who you work with are mostly ex-investment bankers, even hmm. if you work for a commercial bank. And just, I thought that, you know, the environment is just much uh, higher paced than, than it was in Germany. And that was at the same company? Yes. So it wasn't necessarily a Munich versus London thing. It was just you wanted to stay in London because of the, your move there had kind of given you a higher level work um, that was yes. more interesting. Okay, that makes sense. So, but then they weren't kind of they weren't agreeing. They were gonna you were supposed to only do a rotation in London and then go. Yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. They wanted to that I come back and uh, mm -hmm. you know they, in the team where I was, uh, I think the team sort of wanted to have me stay there but then didn't have FTE and that's like in a bank it takes time and then yep. you, know, you may go back and then they promise that maybe you come back to London again at some point but I was a little impatient I guess <laughs> yeah there's no yeah there's no guarantee on the headcount being allocated there or whatnot so so tell me a little bit about uh, how that interview process started when you were in in London obviously I assume you started looking because when you started yeah. getting that news yeah, I started looking and honestly, just sort of the old fashioned, you put your CV on e-financial careers and mm -hmm. I got a call from a headhunter and arranged me an interview and it went you know, pretty much within two, three weeks, I got the offer. So wow. it was very, very quick and very smooth. <laughs> Great. And so tell me a little bit about the what you were doing at this. This is a larger bank, right? In London. Yes, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. another commercial bank, but uh, mm -hmm. when I joined them, so the area, the leverage finance, high yield, they were quite building up and growing the team. So it was the right time to sort of join them. And um, yeah, I was doing then the similar thing, what I did in the previous. Uh, sort of yeah, and, and tell me a little bit about kind of what that job was. What was it like? And it sounds like you got promoted really fast which was good. Yeah, so. so it was it was in leverage finance and doing sort of high, in particular, high yield bonds, originations, uh, structuring uh, of, of the deals. And uh, obviously then you try to sell it, obviously your sales does it, but uh, it was a lot. So at the beginning, it's a lot of obviously presentations, uh, modeling, and the usual sort of supporting the, the senior guys uh, in the credit process and, and uh, for pitches for clients to win what business. Was, what was the hardest transition coming out of that first bank into the second? Uh, I don't know. It was actually pretty, pretty good. It was smooth? Pretty smooth, yeah. Because you were kind of doing I, the same thing. Yeah, I was doing, exactly. I was doing the same thing as I did the last three months in the other firm. So you felt comfortable. Okay. I, I felt pretty comfortable. The modeling, I joined, so, there was no steep learning curve on the modeling. Maybe that was at the previous firm. Yeah, no, it was, I, by then I already learned what I needed to learn. <laughs> what did, what did uh, you I need think, to learn? What would you, for the listeners that are interested in high yield or running this, it's, I guess, traditionally they call it more like, that's like almost like the, the sales and trading desk or the high yeah, yield not, desk or, yeah. Yeah, that's the difference, right? So mm -hmm. uh, in investment banks, if you say high yield, then it will be the, the, the syndicate typically desk or yeah, sales. Mm -hmm. But in the, uh, in the commercial banks, you have sort of leverage finance split sometimes between the loans and the bonds. Got it. But what you are doing, you are originating 
high yield transactions. So you go to a client, pitch that they should do a bond or a loan, mm-hmm. and then you um, yeah, structure. It's exploding now. Because, ah, yeah, right. Because it's so cheap. Everything financing so cheap. Exactly. It's well, in Europe, we have it cheap for already quite a while. That's true. Right? That's so, true. So this is not a high yield. It's no yield. No yield. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like all subordinated debt yielding like five percent or whatever, three percent, whatever. Yeah. Is there, that's crazy. Um, okay. Yeah. People chasing yield, going down the risk curve. So tell me a little bit about uh, why you think you got promoted so fast. Was it just the team was growing so fast? It was a new kind of group you got into the right time? Or was there something you were doing that, that helped? Um, so I think definitely what helped that, uh, that the team was growing and we were doing more, more uh, deals. But I think also, I mean, the, the, the boss, which I had, he was ex-investment banker. And so he very much appreciated, you know, I, I wanted to work hard at the beginning. Like it was, you come to London, you are full of energy after, after you studied, right? So you... You still want to put it to use. And so I think that was something which sort of put me apart a little bit. That mm-hmm. I, I did not mind staying late. Uh, late and, is what, and, what were the hours? Be honest. Uh, <laughs> I would start? say it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as you would have it probably in, in many of the investment banks. But I would yeah. say every day I would be there till, I mean, 10 o'clock would be normal. 12 would be late and i think the latest i never did an all-nighter mm-hmm. <laughs> so i was That's lucky one i think that the latest i left was like 4 a.m but, 4 a.m uh, but you were so you would get in at like 8 or 9 a.m and stay yes i have a 12 hour day on average were you working weekends ever sometimes yeah sometimes i would do so it sounds like 70 to 80 always. hours 70 to yeah 80. something like that yeah. yeah okay well not easy not easy uh, but not 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 like horrific like i've heard but uh it's could right. be worse. It, it could, could be, be worse. worse. It could be better too. Right? <laughs> so okay, so you're working hard. You had the energy. Your boss. Yeah, liked. and 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 I had the then after a year, I was actually very lucky that the boss started to work with me directly. So I didn't have any VP then between. That's I was an indeed. analyst still back then. That happened to me. I, you work hard as an analyst. They're like, oh, screw all the people in the middle. Let me just work directly with her. Yeah, exactly. I basically yeah. asked, like, look, you know, could I do on something? You know, just work with you, and 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 we started to work together. And basically. Until I was VP, it was then I I then had a junior. But uh, since my after first year, I bit, I literally did not work with any analyst or uh, sorry any VP or or director. Really. It was me and my boss. So I think that's an important that lesson really for everybody. If you can find that mentor that's a little bit higher in that mid level, that where you can cut out and not have all these layers in between you and gain the trust and quickly get up the get up the learning curve i think it can it can really accelerate you because you're going to get a lot more exposure you're getting a lot more like the associate work right away or within 6 months right yeah um very cool okay so you you were doing great there you did five almost almost 6 years there yeah i really i i really like the team i have to say <laughs> so why leave so tell me a little yeah. bit about yeah so you know you you went analyst associate all the way up to vp pretty fast um, very fast, actually. Um, so tell me a little bit about, was, was there a thought, was it because it was a commercial bank? Was there a thought like, oh, I'm going to be tapped out here? Or was the, the team kind of slowing down the growth? What, what happened, do you feel like, um, last year? Yeah, yeah it, was, it, it was a mix of things. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, one, in order you know, to grow to, to a director, I felt I need another experience. Like if you are mm-hmm. in one field and in one bank, I think you are lacking a little bigger picture. Like okay. you work on these transactions with other banks, but I think it's different if you, you know, you just see it from different angle. So I felt like in order to be really sort of all-rounded finance professional, I need to see more. I can't just stay in one bank. And, and if I, because if I stay and do the same thing, 
you are sort of locked in. I think your opportunity, once you get the directory, which would probably happen then next year, I think then switching to somewhere else is extremely difficult. I think at the VP level, it's sort of the last call when you can go and, and uh, do something else. But you, you see MDs and partners switching banks all the time. Is that not the case? You, yeah, but, you... but then in the same field, right? You didn't absolutely... Got like, it. You in, so there, in, if in, you're in high yield, you're in high yield for good. Exactly. Director. Okay. Totally agree. Okay. So because then is the, is the job flipping from... So VP, you're still very much like running the deal. You're running the team. But you're and you're doing you're managing the presentation you're managing you're overseeing kind of everything, but at the director level, are you expected to go out and source a lot more? What or is that at the VP level as well? It's I had it already at the VP level, so I'd already had my clients where where I would go and pitch. That's so awesome. would it would it really? Did you make, like uh, that part? Was that a hard transition from associate to VP for you? Um, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because it's very different if you go with your MD to a client and if yeah. you go on your own. Right. And then it's everything on you. So tell me about uh, that first time you pitched to somebody by yourself. Um, Were you nervous? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. No doubt. I was. I was. Uh, and I was probably over prepared and over like analytical about it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, where because I think the best pitch is actually if you don't open the pitch book. Right. Yeah. That's when you can sort of have a nice chat. And I think that at the beginning it was lacking. I think it was too much, you know, on page three, let's discuss this. And on page four, let's discuss that. Yeah. I think you need to do a few of them in order to relax and, and have uh, a bit more natural discussion. But uh, like building rapport, building that trust with the clients you have, where yes. like you're just talking through conceptually what they're going to, what they should do rather than being like, you're going to, this is the yield and like, you have to get to this thing now or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I, I get it. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. Uh, no, so I, but I love that part. Like some of my clients, I'm still in touch nowadays. Uh, it's, you know, it's, if you, if you sort of, I worked with one client for four years, right. And then even if you leave, then you still, I think that relationship dynamic, I really enjoyed. It's great. Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of interesting to see the people who can do at least in banking, the transition from that analyst associate and how it how everything shifts from like managing to selling, right? Or, or like the modeling, the technical side and just the, the people management side to actually selling. It's a very different job. Um, it is. It, it definitely yeah. is. And you can see that some people are much more comfortable, you know, preparing materials and then rather presenting it. And that's why like anytime when I had my juniors then, like giving them opportunity at least to you know present at credit committees in the bank or take them to the pre- to the presentation if you can. I think it's super important because if you don't do that and then suddenly you become VP, they don't really know what to do. So, so you made some. You you said once you reach director level, switching gears a little bit here. Once you reach director level, you felt like you would be stuck in high yield. Tell me a little bit about what made you think that. Did somebody tell you that? And then why did you start interviewing and what kind of opportunities were you interviewing for? Um, tell me about like that whole thought process and then kind of how yeah. that recruiting happened. Yeah. So, I mean, not that someone told me that, but I think I saw it around in mm-hmm. the bank that not many people switched really like would leave at the director and not even speaking of MD level. It, it happened very, very rarely. Mm-hmm. And so that made me think like, it's probably not that easy, right? Right. Uh, if people are not doing it in the bank, I mean, there must be a reason. Either everybody's so, so super happy here <laughs> or there are, there are limited options. And I think it was a mix of it probably, but uh, yeah. there is definitely an element that, that it becomes harder than 
Yeah. Um, so that was the thinking behind. And then obviously the question was, you know, what's the next step? And I was thinking about, you know, staying at the sell side or going to buy side, which, you know, many people, uh, buy side is the holy grail, right? It's, that's okay. where everybody wants to go <laughs> from sell side because you have better working hours. And so I had options both on the sell side and then buy side. And I decided for buy side mainly because I thought, you know what, it is time to slow down. And but tell uh, me a little bit about the options that you had and how you ha- how you came across those options. So um, this time, obviously, at the VPL, you already know some people. So you try to, uh, through friends or through someone you know, to, to get recommended somewhere else or get connections. So mm-hmm. I was looking at restructuring. So through, through a friend of mine got interviews at one of the restructuring boutiques. Mm-hmm. Um, then on the buy side, actually, most of it came from, uh, from like Headhunters. A, like Evercore or, or Rothschild? Or yeah, some, yeah, those types like. of, okay. Yeah, so yeah some strong, a strong presence. Okay. Back in, um, in London. Okay. So you, you interviewed there, but that's still sell side, right? Yeah. That's the still sell side. Yeah. And so tell and me what the, about the, yeah, the buy side, you thought, uh, I'm not going to be working those 70, 60, 70 hour weeks. I may actually be able to put in a 50 hour week. Exactly. Plus, uh, I was lucky as well interviewing at hedge fund where I actually ended up where, you know, it felt definite and it's the truth. It's very sort of diverse. It's not only like CLO, which many of the other interviews, if you are, you know, with leverage backgrounds, so in credit, uh, on the credit side, a lot of options are on CLOs, especially now Ex- when they are growing. That to me. So for the listeners that don't know what CLO is, can you explain like, you were coming from high yield. So you were saying you were a lot of the, a lot of the looks, a lot of the opportunities you're getting were, were for. CLO desks or CLO funds? CLO funds. funds so can you explain yes, to me so. what, or to the listeners what that is? Yeah, so CLO fund invests in, in leverage loans, mm-hmm. which nowadays leverage loan and high yield bonds is pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so CLO is you, you typically, uh, you analyze leverage loans. Some high yield bonds, you typically will have one or two industry assigned to you. And you will, uh, you know, do a credit analysis on them and recommend investing in in uh, the particular loan. And so, why did you shy away from that and end up at the uh, credit fund that you ended up? Um, yeah, so I wouldn't say I shied away, but I was a little worried that if you are in CLO, it's it's long only, so you only can it's long you know, only. Buy. Oh, it's long only. Yeah. Okay. So yep. You can only buy the leverage loan, right? So okay. you can't short it. And plus, it's very sort of patient money, I would say. Mm. Uh, CLOs where there is not as much trading going on. Got um, it. Longer, so the hold hedge... period, longer hold periods, along only a little bit more like a mutual fund versus a true hedge fund. Yes, yeah. yeah Got it. Okay. Fair. Okay. Whereas hedge fund, we do CLO as well. So we have our CLO fund as well, but we also have a hedge fund where you can do anything and everything. Uh, I mean, on the credit side, not equity, but on the credit side. So you will do distressed, you will do leverage loans, you will do higher bonds, you can do CDS, you can do long, you can do short. So it's, it's much diverse. Oh, so you have a lot more room to learn even and learn about new products Definitely. and whatnot. So, okay. So you, you made this jump now, but uh, sell side to buy side, tell me what was the hardest about this transition and, and, <laughs> and, yeah. and you mind sharing a little bit about your pay trajectory too, as you went through and did you take a pay cut jumping or was it a big, was it a big race? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this definitely, the transition was harder than, than the previous one, that's for sure, uh, because it is different, right? And, and I know people around me, some people love it, some people struggle with it. I think I'm somewhere in the between. So okay. I had to definitely adjust to a few things. I think the biggest change is, you know, if you're part of big bank, 
so you always every every deal you are or project you are working on, you're working with quite a lot of people, right? Different mm-hmm. teams, you're putting it together, there is a lot of cooperation. Then you come to sell side to smaller firm and suddenly it's you. You mean buy side? You need to, you yeah, mean, sorry, but buy side. Yeah, when yes, you jump sorry. to the buy side small firm, it's just like you're alone. <laughs> yeah, you you are alone, right? Yeah. And you you know, you figure it out. I mean, literally my first day I would sit down at my desk and the MD would come to me, the PM, and she would say, Okay, this is your first uh, credit to analyze. Hmm. that's it like and then figure it out what information sources you have whether there is a template a model a template for a model or anything right so you just you need to figure out on your own so that's that's very different to to banking where i would say there is much more like if someone comes you know you get all the induction and everybody takes care of you Hmm. so here you, you need to be much more proactive and and be i would say Self, self-sufficient or self-independent. Or, you have to be ready to go after it and do the work yeah, and self-motivate. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, no, absolutely. Is that a struggle for you? It was kind of a struggle for me when I jumped to buy side um, with the hands off. The hands off. Because like I was used to associate, be like, do this, do that, or a VP, do this, do this, do this. And you go to somewhere and it's like nothing. Yeah. At least for me, was it like that for you? I mean, you were a yeah, little... For, for me, it definitely was one was... Uh, so that I felt sometimes I feel alone, right? Yeah. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, you don't have that yeah. dynamic around you. Yeah. And plus sometimes I miss my juniors like to give some work to. Because yeah. <laughs> here it's like, oh, you do it. Right? There is nobody else who will do it for you. Yeah. And so how about the pay? How about the pay going through? Um, the pay, I actually, it's pretty much the same as I had at the uh, at cell side. So Was that around 100 about, euros by that point or a little over? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. a little over. Yep. A little over 100 euros, so one, 100, 120, something like that. I mean, is that the bit? Was the base the same, or was it mostly bonus weighted on the credit fund, or is it still pretty heavily base? Uh, it's now it's, it's it's still I would say yeah, eighty uh, percent base, seventy percent base, something like that. Uh, yeah, I would say fifty fifty sort of. Oh, okay, so it's still heavily weighted towards performance. Yeah, yeah. And is that yeah. is that like um? Is that like fun performance or like how you do on your, on your credits? On your- um, well, so I haven't been there that long, right? So I had just yeah. one, uh, bonus. but I would say in our case, it's more your method, not necessarily like the fund performance. There will be an element of it, but there will yeah. be also quite a bit of element how you did and how they are happy with you. But it's not like if you do, you, know, you recommend something and it didn't go the right direction, that it means you will not have a bonus that I don't think. Like you need to. So if you're then, getting a, around, a, is, so is the base around 100,000 100, euros? And then so the bonus is around the same? Is that the. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. it's pretty good. It's, you know, a couple hundred thousand euros. There's no, no joke, or is it in pounds now because you're in London, I guess. Um, but yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a good amount of pay, right? Um, for a few years out of school. Well, I guess you're, you're a little, you're, you're closer to my age uh, than, <laughs> than a lot of people on this call are listening, but um, great. Anything else? So I think to me, what strikes me is like, you know, you made that jump, you made that leap. It, it hasn't been easy, but it's, it's been something you've been able to do successfully. Do you feel pressure, like more pressure day to day that your, that your um, analysis is like, you know, money's on the line now or how are you dealing with that stress? Um, no, actually not really. <laughs> At the beginning, what, what I feel still stressed because I'm given that it's right to a small team. So I need to do as well the trading. So 
if you know we want to buy or sell something then many times i have to do it so that i find still stressful yeah (laughs) (laughs) like you don't want to mess it up um the analysis no not really because we are you always have the credit committee and so you you have some view you try to defend it but the guys who who are at the credit committee they will you know make the decision at the end of the day so it's not just up to you to say oh yeah let's buy this um so so what's next what's next for you um well if you are if you are um credit analyst i think the next is being a pm so portfolio manager that's the next step do you feel like that's typically is that done internally or there's sometimes you have to jump to do that from from people you've seen in the industry is that typical Um, Typically, actually, internally, it's it's on the, the, the buy side, at least at the credit funds. There are not that many people jumping around. It's very different to sell side where, you know, you, you switch banks relatively frequently and it's normal. I think on the buy side, it's not very common that people jump from one bank. And this, this credit fund is a typical LPGP structure where there's outside in capital? Like uh, a limited partners, you know, you guys are raising outside funds. Yeah. And, yeah, so but well the firm is owned by the partners uh-huh. begin with, but the capital is coming from from outside investors. Okay. So I guess uh, any other words of wisdom before we call the podcast? <laughs> um given your your long and winding path from law to credit to credit bank and the risk uh, side to all the way to high yield to to now uh, credit hedge fund? No, I would I, I would say, you know, to every sort of young listener here at the beginning of the career, try as much as you can, uh, you know, see different jobs uh, within the bank. If you can do the different rotations to find what you really like. Mm-hmm. And if you want to switch, you know, never is too late. I would say it's, I have many friends who think that at VP, you can't really move. You can. And you just, just, just not a director. No, just kidding. <laughs> don't wait. Till uh, no, no. I would say don't wait to a director. I would still stick with that. But um, yeah. You know, explore. I think that's my that that would be, and don't be worry and don't worry about change. Yeah, the way I see your career is, I feel like you could always go back to the large banks and get the job you had, um, and continue that, and potentially go up the ladder. Whereas what you're doing now is you're kind of giving yourself just a lot more optionality to your career, having now been on the buy side. Um, you can now, especially at a place where you're getting a lot of exposure to different types of trades and different types of assets, right? Yeah, no, definitely. That's why so I that's say awesome. like it's and it's great to see something else. I, I, you know, I'm very happy to that I've made the move. Very cool, very cool. Well, I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story, and yeah, hope to see you around the forums, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Brilliant. Thanks, Patrick. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, Patrick at WallStreetOasis.com. And until next time.